York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is JLS from Nick of Time Show. Here giving you that Knicks talk just in Nick of Time. Time to talk about these What's Knicks. The Knicks. There you go. The Knicks lose to the Suns 95 to 116. And it was led by Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson gives you 27 points on the night. RJ Barrett gives you 12. Randall only gives you nine points. But Quentin Grimes comes in and gives you 10 points, eight assists, and great defense on Devin Booker. But despite his efforts, the Knicks still lose. We couldn't stop the three-point shooting. And we were out rebounded. 69 to 50 and we're going to talk about it all all right we're going to talk about it all but before we talk about it you already know what it is i have to introduce my guy the man the myth the legend the guy the stats and the facts ryan g's in the building another tough loss for the knicks and i'm ready to get into it yeah yeah let's get into it and i'm gonna start with the positive because there's a lot of negatives to go around. And we'll be here all night talking about that. So let's start out with the positive. And the positive is Quentin Grimes, the the uh, so-called untouchable one. Everybody's labeling him right now, even though I think that's fake news. Like Trump likes to say, I don't believe he's untouchable. But Grimes comes in here and... When he comes in the game, Ryan, I'm thinking we have to be patient because he's going to start off slow. It's been a while since he touched the basketball and got into a rhythm. And it seemed like I was wrong. Came in there, hit a three, had a career high, eight assists, made quick, decisive decisions, and really made it very tough for for Booker to get anything off in that first half booker had a had a tough time getting into any offense and largely it's because quentin grimes practices fighting over screens in the offseason that's just what he does and that technique he used in the offseason worked to perfection and slowed down devin booker um what do you think ryan of quentin grimes game to start yeah um yeah, I'm not going to lie. Quentin Grimes, he definitely surprised me tonight because, like you said, I know he didn't play the last few games. He's been buried on the bench, and I was thinking that it probably would take him a, take him a while to really get going and get into the game, but the dude, the dude was put into the starting lineup today, and it looked like he, he's been playing all this time. Like It, it seemed like there was no rust on him today. and. Yeah, and, you know, people, like, one of the weaknesses on to Grimes' games that people talk about is his playmaking ability, and he showed today that he has the ability to playmate. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting now because Dibs decided to go with that nine-man rotation and pretty much take Fournier and Grimes out of the rotation and stick with nine men. But now, with the way Grimes performed in this game, I don't think you can sit him down again. No. You can't have this man sit on the bench and stick with your nine-man rotation, which is leading me to believe that 
once Cam is healthy, I think Dibs is going to go back to a 10-man rotation and have Grimes be that 10th man coming off the bench. But it's funny because I know often, you know, we talk about wanting to see Cam and Grimes together on the court and things like that. And I think against, I think especially against teams like the Suns, because the Suns play a lot of small ball. Like the Suns basically space the floor with like a big in the middle with DeAndre Aiden. And I think that if the Knicks had Cam healthy, it would have been interesting to see a lineup of like Brunson, Grimes, RJ, Cam, and have like Mitchell Sims in the middle to combat that Suns small lineup today. Right. So, um, yeah, but yeah, Cam definitely had a good game today and, yeah, after his, after his performance today, Thibs can't sit this man no more. Thibs has to play him. You talking about Brunson Grimes? Shoot, I might be talking about Brunson. Shoot, Brunson Grimes Cam, <laughs> Obi Sims, or something like that. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> listen, man, it's been a struggle watching our entire team play basketball we are 29th when it comes to three-point shooting on and on top of that it seems like our defense collectively is plummeting from every freaking position pretty much when i'm looking at it and i feel like it's partly scheme and it's partly hard and but to, to, to get back to your grind, so I'm about to go off on a, on, on a tangent real quick because I'm so pissed about this defense and what I saw in the third quarter. I agree. We need to see more Grimes. And I actually want to see Grimes and Cam play together. I'm very hopeful that his playmaking continues. He keeps it really simple. Grimes mm-hmm. keeps it really simple. Drive, kick, and shoot. And, and that's pretty much it. The only blemish I would say his game today was the actual shooting. Um, and we need him for that, considering that we are 29th in the NBA when it comes to three-point shooting. For me, what I want to see Grimes is kind of take better three-point shots. I feel like in Summer League, his percentages plummeted because... He was taking a lot of off the dribble three point shots uncalled for. And when he's shooting at a high percentage, he's, he's shooting more off the catch um, when it comes to, you know, the shots that he's taking. I don't mind him being aggressive when he's getting aggressive off the catch, but the pull up threes early, I'm not sure if I need that in high volume for high volume from Brunson. And, but other than that, the, the the defense phenomenal. We have a two headed defensive monster between Cam and Grimes, and f- for the future of this team, we need two way players. I'm hoping we keep Cam and Grimes long term. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, defense is definitely an issue for the Knicks. Um. It's hard to explain because the way Knicks play defense, like, I don't know if this is something. Because the way Thibs, it seems like the way Thibs coaches defense, like, because when teams penetrate into the paint, what the Knicks tend to do is that they collapse the paint. That's what they tend to do. Like, all the players collapse the paint whenever somebody drives into the paint. 
And then once that man kicks it back out and they wrote and they, and they pass the ball around the perimeter, an open three is always going to be there. And I don't know. And like, I'm not an NBA coach, so I don't want to really make suggestions on, you know, what this. I will. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a defensive coach. Like, I'm not going to act like I'm some all knowing NBA guy and I, and I know what to do on defense and things like that. But my thing is, OK. If you have a rim protector, if you have a rim protector in, in Mitch Sims, whoever is in the paint, and you and you know that they can protect the paint, is it really necessary to have your players collapse the paint like that whenever no. a player penetrates it? No. Like no. to me, to me that doesn't make sense. I can I can understand that if you don't have somebody protecting the paint, if you don't if you do not have a rim protector, then I can understand collapsing the paint whenever somebody drives in, but. If you have a rim protector, I don't see the I don't see the point in that. Have your guys stay out on the three point shooters and have Mitch or Sims do what they're supposed to do in the paint. But I don't know, man. Ryan, you're not crazy. When you watch other NBA teams play three point defense, they don't all have that tips philosophy um, about having always having a player in the paint. And you know what? The example you're giving is about penetration. There's other examples where, you know, you'll have Randall in the paint just because no one's really even really penetrated yet. And he's helping off of Craig, who's camped out in the corner for three. And the ball is at the top of the key. So you're asking Randall to consistently run fast break offense then run into the paint and then run to the corner three. And we just keep getting drilled over and over and over again. It's wearing the first half. Our defense was pretty good. I mean, we seems like we had the spirit. We closed out sloppily and caused a few like fouls on at the three point line and caused some four point plays. But you saw the effort was there by the time the third quarter came around i feel like they kind of ran out of gas on that side of the ball and they just seemed like they just didn't care and it's it's frustrating watching that because it makes me believe like damn these players don't have it but then i'm also looking at tibbs going well maybe this three-point defending system is a little bit archaic maybe we can't have everybody in the paint when a team is just that hot from three because not yeah, every team plays like that, right? Not every team just camps out in the paint like we do. So I don't know. I don't know. It, it might be time to to advance on that side of the ball. And that and if it keeps happening, I don't know. Well, maybe we might see that Tibbs on a hot seat thing happening again. Yeah, because I mean, the Knicks already shoot 29th. They're 29th in the league in three-point percentage. So it, as a team, if you can't hit threes and you're giving up so many open threes and teams are knocking in threes against you, that's an issue. You're not going to win games like that. That's a philosophy so issue. Yeah. So if the Knicks are having so much trouble knocking down threes, then you have to change your philosophy on defense and be like, you know what, since we cannot hit threes, we're not going to give up threes at the same time. You know, there has to be something to balance it out. You know, so, yeah, defensive philosophy definitely has to change. And 
yeah, the Knicks have to pay more attention to the three-point line. I don't see I don't see the issue with I don't see why people have to why players have to collapse the paint when someone drives into the paint or just it. And like you said, there's unnecessary help as well, where people will help off a, off a, off a three-point shooters, and then all of a sudden they have to be running back to the three-point yeah. line and, and trying to contest the three. And then by that time, you know, guys have quick releases. By the time they catch it, you know, you're still you're there, still trying to run to to alter the shot, but the guy already got the three up. So I mean, even though I have to admit, I think part of the reason why the Knicks defense collapsed in the second half because when the Suns went on that run. And it started to hit three after three after three. If you noticed in the, in the third quarter, a lot of those threes were contested. Yeah. Like the Knicks, up, the Knicks were up on those three point shooters, but the Suns were just hitting them. And I think they just got deflated after that. And they were just like, that could be it too. Like, you know, we're, go, we're up here trying to contest these threes and they're still knocking them down. That could be it too. And then there was a specific play right when Tibbs calls timeout where it was Randall and Mitch were in a game. And was it Macau Bridges? Was it Macau or Cameron had uh, the ball at the corner three and nobody, nobody closed that remotely? Yeah, I think it was Macau Bridges. And I'm just looking like, okay, this is where we are right now. And and this is the hard part that pisses me off because Jalen Brunson is out here boring, balling, taking it to Cameron Johnson because everybody else is having problems shooting. No one cared a damn three to save their damn life. Jalen Brunson is balling. It's all right, cool. Ball, Brunson is balling. Hold down the fort on the defensive end. Chipping somewhere else. And I don't know if, like, Randall in particular decided to check out because he wasn't getting the ball or he just got tired. But I've, I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like that type of effort that we saw Randall have when he played the the... <laughs> When we played um, the Denver Nuggets, I want to see that repeatedly. I need to see that repeatedly because Craig was giving it to him and Randall was looking around. This is what I'll be talking about when it comes to the empty stat stuff. But today he didn't have the offensive production to back up the laziness on the defensive end to me. Yeah, most definitely. And I, and I mean, shoot, I mean, outside of maybe Brunson, Grimes, and maybe Rose, when Rose was in the game before he went out with the injury. Like, those are the only three guys where, I, where they actually, you know, gave something, you know, gave some type of productivity yeah. on the offensive end. Everybody else just, they, they just didn't have it tonight. And then what made it worse was that they were just as bad on defense. Yeah. It was horrible. It was disgusting all the way around. It was, it was disgusting. We need defense on the team. We need two-way players badly. Yeah. <sighs> Hey, you know what? I read something today, Ryan, that talked about Randall's trade value. Randall's trade value is up. It's up. It's up. Some execs around the league are taking notice that Randall's playing a lot better next to Brunson. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how high the interest is, what the cost will be, if the Knicks decide to move that way or not. Um, Considering how, listen, Ryan, considering how much RJ Barrett is struggling, it makes it even harder to decide whether to move Randall or not. Because you're like, all right, we move Randall. We have this pillar in RJ Barrett who can hold down the fort. Maybe we can slide Obi in. But it's like RJ Barrett 
is struggling. Four of 11 from, no, three of 11 from the field, one of three from three. He's in the paper talking about, yeah, leave me open, leave me open. You got to back up your leave me open words and hit some shots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to, I'm, I'm a moment away from hitting the panic button on RJ Barrett. I'm close. I'm maybe me. I might be like a month away, a couple of weeks, a month away to hit the panic button. Yeah, it's definitely understandable because I think they showed his stats earlier in the game, like his last four games, and he's shooting 26% from the field. And I mean, damn, if you're shooting 26% from the field, I mean, damn, I probably can shoot even 30% from the field. Like, that's <laughs> like you shouldn't be shooting that bad from the field in, the, in your last four to five games. And, and it's not even just the fact that, like, okay, for example, I could live with RJ shooting bad if he's stepping it up on defense. Like, I could live with that. Because right. I know eventually down the line, his shooting is going to come around. But it's just the fact that he's shooting bad. And then on top of that, def- defensively, he's slipping. And yeah. that's what causes the concern for panic, you know, where it's like, okay, maybe we need, maybe we do need to touch the panic button on RJ Barrett because it's one thing to be struggling in offense. But when you're not bringing it on the defensive end as well, it's like, damn. And then it's like, that's what we were complaining about Julius Randle last season. The fact that, you know, he wasn't playing like himself. And then on top of that, defensively, he was slacking. So. Plus, Ryan, on top of that, you see Grimes? You see this man Grimes right here? You see how many assists he has? Yeah. Eight assists. Grimes is eight assists. He almost got seven and a half. For me, when I look at the amount of times RJ actually gets to the basket. I feel like he should have broken that 10 assist up mark a long time ago, Ryan. <laughs> like a long time ago. I, I want RJ so badly to rewire his brain to not have to force up shots every time you get into the paint. You don't have to. You can cut. You can drive and kick. You can drive and dish it to cutters. You can have that part of your game. He gets to the hole so easily. I wish he just rewired the way he thought sometime. And for the love of God, can we finish in around the rim? <laughs> I don't want to. I feel like I'm turning into, into like a like a a complaining session. But this is I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated all all around. And I know this is like a championship team, but oh, this is this is rough, man. This yeah, is rough. Is. We 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 need a haul from everybody. Yeah, it got so bad. I noticed Tibbs started taking out RJ Barrett early. I feel like Tibbs took him out early in the third. Earlier than he's used to. So I don't know, man. I feel like Tibbs is starting to notice. I feel like Tibbs is starting to notice. And I kind of feel like there's going to be times this year, hopefully uh, Cam is back, where I want to see this team with more Cam art. Cam Brunson and Grimes playing together. I feel like there might be more ball movement. There might be better finishing, better defense. I'm not giving completely giving up on RJ Barrett just yet. 
But I'm looking at the panic button now, like something's got to change. And I understand he's been sick. I don't think he was sick today. I feel like he was actually well today. I know he's been sick and that's the only reason why I haven't smacked the panic button yet. But I'm looking at that panic button like, dog, this is year four. Four, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Salute, man. Salute to the chat. Gunshots. If you're here watching the KT show, this is a rough. <laughs> this is rough. Shout out to Gerald McGyver. Shout out to Cash Out James. Shout out to So Fresh, uh, ABM, Picks for Timmy, Hector Marino, Murphy Johnson. Everybody else is rock with the KT show. If you're liking the show so far, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. Um, we're here after every game talking Knicks basketball. I, I have so many more complaints to go. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much more to complain about. I don't think I'll ever complain in one episode more than I'm about to complain today. It's, it's, it's understandable, man. It, this, game, this, game, this game was rough. <laughs> this game was rough. But listen, if you want to call in, so we're not, if you want to complain with us, or maybe you have the flip side, you're like, calm down, JLS, calm down, Ryan G, all is not lost. And you want to call in too, the number is right there at the bottom, is flashing at the bottom of the screen. You can call in, talk to us, 319. 527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. Yeah. Michael Moore says he's in Alabama looking crazy at the Knicks. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Ryan, Derrick Gross is out. Derrick Gross is out with a bad toe. Cam Reddish is out with a groin injury. Derrick Rose is back. And Cam is back. What do you think this rotation should start to look like? Because the way Cam's has played defensively, the way that Grimes has played this defensively, I feel like there's no way we can sit those guys. So we talked about implementing a 10-man rotation. But what does that really look like for you? Because you start to look at odd men out now. Mm-hmm. The IQ Derrick Rose lineup has been a staple for us in that second unit. Um, so what do you do? Do you go 10 man and just have Grimes backup cam? Do you take Derrick Rose out the lineup? Do you take IQ out the lineup? Like, what do you do? Um, if I'm if I'm coaching the Knicks. I'm going to implement a 10-man rotation because, because the, the way you look at it, you want Cam to stay in the starting lineup. Like, I'm not changing that starting lineup really. It's going to, the starting lineup is still going to be Brunson, Cam, RJ, Randall. Hardesty is going to have to move back to the bench. Once, once Mitch gets his win back, I'm going to put Mitch back in the starting lineup. Yeah. The second unit now... I'm still having Rose come off the bench because Rose has shown that he's turning it around. You know, he's starting to get his rhythm back. I don't, I don't really want to bench Rose. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to bench IQ. So I'm still going to come with Rose and IQ off the bench in the backcourt. 
I have to put Grimes in there because Grimes has shown tonight that, you know, he the man sat out for so many games and came back and played like as if he's been playing like he's been playing the whole season. So I have to I have to continue off of that hot run and have Grimes play as well. Obi's gonna still still come off the bench. Now the question is hardest seen in Sims because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know a hardest team provides on the offensive end. He mm. provides something on the offensive end that Mitch and Sims does not provide, which is the passing, the three-point shooting, etc. But the thing is, defensively, Mitch and Sims both offer way more Listen. than what hardest team provides. And right now, the Knicks' weakness to me is defense. They need to get that defense shored up. So right now I'm preferring Sims coming off the bench for Mitch as opposed to as opposed to Hardenstein. So right now I'm benching Hardenstein. He's gonna have to he's gonna have to sit on the bench for a while and Sims is gonna come in for Mitch if it's me. So that would be my 10-man rotation. I agree with you, man. I'm looking at Hardenstein start this game and Aiton doesn't have to try to even score. Yeah. And Aiden is Aiden. I get it, right? He's one of the best centers in the league. He got this money for a reason. So I get it. But when you have guys on this team who can put up more resistance than he can, um, and on the flip side, those same guys, um, on the flip side, when Aiden is scoring on Hartenstein and Hartenstein goes on the other end of the ball, he's not re- exactly giving Aiden 20. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's not giving Aiden 20. He's not giving you enough three-point shooting to say he's giving us some exuberant amount of spacing. So you, you look at that and go, okay, well, if I can't, if he's not giving you this so much on the offensive end, I need somebody to deter him on the defensive end at least a little bit more. So I'm with you, Ryan. At this point, I would pull the plug on the Hartenstein thing. And once Mitch gets his win back, I'm going with Mitch and Sims. Most definitely. Love Hartenstein. I love how much he hustles. But the... he, he he's it's hard for him to rebound. It's hard for him to defend taller players, and he doesn't shoot the three that well. I love his floater, and it comes in handy in spurts. But the the benefits don't outweigh the 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 bad defensive play to me on that side of the ball. So I, I have to agree with you. Exactly, and in this game, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you saw it. Oh, yeah. When Hartenstein was in the game, Aiden wasn't even respecting his three-point shot. Aiden was dropped off in the paint. Yeah. When he was guarding Hardenstein. Hardenstein shooting 20-something percent from three. I mean, listen, IQ was shooting some 20-something from three. Everybody's supposed to be hitting threes, can't shoot. So, bruh. <laughs> we talking about Knicks losing and the coach sucks and all this other stuff. And you know what? Partially, that may be true. But at the end of the day, Ryan, it's a damn miracle that we're only one game under 500, shooting 29% to 29th in the NBA from three. Like, that's a miracle. Do you realize where we would be if we were in the middle of the pack from three in the league? We might be first place. 
<laughs> like this is crazy. This is yeah. absolutely crazy. I don't know, but <laughs> but I I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you, man. We I'm I'm for Sims over Hartenstein at this point. Which which brings me to the rebounding too. Out rebounded sixty nine to fifty. And it was all sorts of reasons because Hartenstein gets overmatched. It's because we're scrambling on defense. It's because we were leaking out too much and we don't haven't secured the rebounds. It's it's we had man, it's just a lot to fix to this team. It's a lot to fix to this team. I don't even know. I don't even know what to do. And and it's not like I'm going into tomorrow to OKC confident. You know what I mean? Because I feel like we have matchup problems with OKC, to be honest with you. So we might have problems tomorrow. We might be in a little losing skid right now. But So there's a lot that has to change. There's a yeah. lot that has to change defensively in our philosophy and who's playing in our health. And I hope to God we can figure it out. But if not, maybe we need to start doing draft shows a little bit earlier. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I mean, man. Salute to the chat. I don't even know if anybody's on the line or not because I've just been going. We got JR calling in. All right, cool. Hold on a second. Let me plug up my, my laptop so we don't drop JR. All right. Um, hold on one second. I feel like I'm about to, to drop the calls real quick. Um, before we get RJ in, um, before we get JR in there, you know, what, what, what's, let's say JR, JR, passing JR, let's talk to JR real quick. Um, but I need to get things together. So Ryan, Ryan G, I'll let you talk to JR. Mm-hmm. While I get things together so the light tab doesn't die. All right. All right, cool. All right, Jay, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey man, what's good? All right, so let um tell us your thoughts on the game. Um, let's be honest with you, man. Um, the game went pretty much how I expected it to go. But um the reason why I'm calling, and this is my first time calling this season. Um, you guys are doing a great job so far. Keep up the good work. But um, as far as the Knicks go, man, we gotta do something about this RJ Barrett problem because it is a problem now. And I think it goes deeper than just him slumping. I think it's a fit on the court. I've heard you guys say it before, but I just feel like it's time to pull the plug on him and Julius Randle sharing the court so many minutes together. And not just that, I feel like it needs to be put in lineups that fit his strengths a little more. I just feel like with Julius, with, uh, with, with Brunson and Randall, Kick, I don't know if if, if, uh, if Barrett's best place is really in the starting lineup, efficient he is. I really want to see him run more with the bench. And today was just a glimpse, but it's so obvious that Quentin Grimes fits so much better with the starters. 
his skill set. He doesn't need the ball. He's not. He you know he makes good decisions. He plays great defense. Are we going to talk about how he clamped up Devin Booker again? He did a great job on him last year too. His defense is just phenomenal, and his shot is just. I mean, anyone can see. You know what I'm saying? How his his shot, even though he he doesn't have the the sample size that RJ has, and he hasn't had to, you know what I'm saying? But here's a better shot. You know what I'm saying? He's a better catch-and-shoot player. So I don't know what he has to do. If he has to pull R, like, like if he doesn't want to hurt RJ's feelings or he doesn't want to lower his stock, if you want to still start him, that's fine. But I think that he should be, like, on the bench within two, three minutes, especially if he misses his first couple shots. And then just, and then just stagger him and Julius. You know what I'm saying? I feel like mm-hmm. it would be better for the whole team. And... Yeah, man. So far, so good on the season, though. I'm not too down on us. We're doing great, and we're going to keep getting better. So that's really all I had to say, guys. Uh, I'll just keep listening to you guys, and uh, keep doing your thing, man. Much love, y'all. All right, man. All right. Thank you all for the call. Um, Yeah, so I'm just going to comment right quick on this call. So I think it, it is a question of can Randall and RJ actually fit on the court together? And oftentimes, it does seem like you know, maybe they shouldn't be on the court together as much as they are. And I think that's what Dibs was trying to do with the nine-man rotation. Because if you realize with the nine-man rotation, RJ's minutes have gone up significantly because what or what Dibs does is he plays RJ with that first unit, then he takes them out. And then he brings them back in either like before the first quarter ends or early in the second quarter so that RJ can get some time with that second unit where RJ probably fits in better and probably can affect the offense more than what than when he's playing with Randall and Brunson together. So I think that's what Dibs was trying to do with the nine-man rotation, to try and incorporate RJ with the second unit as well as having played with the first unit. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is a question long-term whether RJ and Randall could actually fit together in the same lineup. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, shoot, that's why... Listen, I'm looking at this... I know some people are all for on is that the Zach Levine talking thing about Zach Levine being the next. I'm, that's why I'm looking. I have to start to think about it, man. I'm not saying that's what I want exactly this minute. But if a reasonable deal came, I'm moving for Zach Levine for sure. Because that we desperately need shooting and to open up this offense a little bit. It just can't be Jalen Brunson doing his thing, especially because, you know, there's going to be nights where physically he's just going to be outmatched by taller guards. And when that happens, you need another guy who can get you a bucket. And with as inefficient as Randall is from night to night, you, that needs to be happening from the wing. And I'm, I'm starting to get word. I'm starting to get word, but I said it since last season, Ron. R.J. Barrett plays better with the second unit. Now, not even last season, two seasons ago. R.J. Barrett plays better with the second unit because they play faster. There's a little bit more shooting, were, or at least there used to be. <laughs> I can't even tell you this year if there's more shooting in the second unit. And they pass the ball around more, and it, they just allow him to have the ball more in his hands. So it's one of those things is even the fit with the team, even if you're like, all right, cool. RJ Barrett is, is a good player. The, the fits, 
the fits with the team right now is just clunky all the way around. All the way around. And the guys are supposed to provide spacing isn't providing spacing. The guys are supposed to, uh, I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess, Ryan. And I couldn't find the spot, the, the part for my laptop. So my laptop might, might die. I'm just letting you know right now. <laughs> so if you want to call in, you can call in right now. I could probably take in one or two more calls before the laptop officially dies. Uh, if you want to call in. All right. Yeah. And I just want to bring this up because I think this would be an interesting question. So knowing that RJ might be a better fit with the second unit as opposed to the first unit, if you were coaching the Knicks, would you consider a starting lineup of Brunson, Grimes, Reddish, Randall, Mitch, and have RJ come off the bench of that second unit? Yes. I mean, right now... It's the politics, it's the money, it's the he's a third-round pick. But, and it's funny, I haven't said this out loud yet, but I've been thinking it for a while. We see we see RJ get these actions where he's getting the Spain pick and roll and he's going to the hole and he's having problems finishing consistently. And then we see... Cam get the ball and he's finishing easier. He started to think well, if we started to give Cam Reddish those same shots, Spain pick and roll, going to the hole and trying to finish insane open catch and shoot threes, will we see a better result? And I've been thinking, I've been, it's one of those thoughts where I've been thinking for a while, but I've been scared to say it out loud because I wanted to see what was going to happen, especially because RJ Barrett's been sick and I felt like it was unfair to judge, judge him harshly on his, on his game while he's that sick. So I want to see him if he can rebound once he's better, but like that thought has tossed has brought to my mind and then so you will have that and then you will have grimes who's supposed to be like evan fournier ish with better defense then you can probably maybe to start to see some success and then you'll see rj Barrett run with the second unit where it seems like he's more comfortable with the ball in his hands and not sharing it with everybody else i don't know it makes sense to me man it makes sense yeah. to me ryan you're not you're not crazy yeah, like I don't want to go to that extreme as of yet. Like I still want to give RJ chances to see if he could find his form again and produce on the offensive end. But my thing is, if this continues, like say it continues again in the OKC game and it continues for the next three to four games, I think there has to come a point in time when Thibs is going to have to send a message. You know, it's either you have RJ start and then if he gets off to another bad start, you sit him early and bring in somebody else and, and have RJ sit on the bench for a long period of time or either that or like, or like I just suggested, you move him to the second unit and you, and you promote Grimes up to the starting line to play a long camp. So I don't think that's going to happen though. I'm not I don't think it's going to happen either, but I do think that there's going to have to come a point in time where if RJ doesn't get his play up, you might have to send a message. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know. I don't know, man. I might give it more like a month. 
I might give it more like a month than three games or at least a few weeks. Yeah. But I agree, man. Like it's the finishing is brutal to watch. The finishing is brutal. The shooting is brutal. The defense is brutal. It's all around brutal. And it's a miracle that we're a game under 500 while watching this. I don't know. Murphy says, I love Cam, but RJ is a better player. It's not looking like that at the moment. I'll He's say shown that. he has been a better player, Murphy. He's shown it. But Cam has taken a step this year. Cam is definitely taking a step this year. That, and it doesn't mean that he's better than RJ Barrett at all. It just means he's gotten better. And how far can he take it? Yeah. That's really all it is. This is an experiment. How, can, how far can he take this experiment? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's scary. Tomorrow, we play at OKC tomorrow, man. Playing OKC tomorrow. Let me get to these comments. JR says, we'll see. Agree with JR. Tibbs and Randall are the issue. Everybody's the damn issue at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard for me to really pile on Randall when it's more than Randall who's playing bad. <laughs> so it's hard it's for me to every- really pile on Randall. I can't, I can't pile on Randall when RJ's playing bad too. And other guys are not stepping up on the defensive end. Like, I can't just pile on Randall because of that. So it's hard for me to blame Randall for these losses. Yeah. Yeah, Randall's playing bad. RJ's playing bad. IQ, I was looking forward to IQ being able to start off better shooting and playmaking. He's shooting 27% from the field. So I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, that still hasn't turned around. I mean, 27% from three, I mean. OB was dis- disappeared today. I didn't see anything from him. Hardenstein, Hardenstein couldn't guard eight, and he was getting abused. Every, it, it was, mm, we played two quarters of good basketball. <laughs> two and a half quarters. Two and a half quarters of good basketball, and that's about it. I don't know, man. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, salute to the chat. Paypal seven eight says bottom line is really another coach. Defense is trash. They run no offensive schemes. You look at the teams they run in plays. No, we do dribble the ball, pass. There's no there's nothing happening in our offense. It's crazy because the Knicks in the first half have like the best offense in the league in the first half. I saw some crazy stat that said that. Like we've been averaging something crazy like 65 to 70 points in the first half and then it all goes downhill. So I don't know if that's fatigue or what. But something's not translating to that second half. Yeah, and I think I also saw a stat the other day too that said like Knicks is one of the best second quarter teams in the league as well. Like in the second quarter Knicks really piling on teams and and they win the majority of the second quarters. Yeah. Exactly. It's just that third quarter of doom thing happens once again. All the time. It just keeps happening. 
don't know, man. But we're going to see. It's going to be interesting tomorrow. No Derrick Rose tomorrow. Mitchell Robinson will be back. And, you know, OKC is a small team when it comes to the center. But what, what makes them dangerous for us are their guard or wing positions are taller than ours. So even though we, we, we can have the advantage of the center, it'll be harder for us to take advantage of that because, you know, uh, our centers can't shoot threes and stuff like that. So this might be a good Sims game. Um, but this is a game where I worry about Jalen Brunson carrying us because of the size difference at the point guard position. Um, so this is a game where Randall and RJ is going to have to step up or maybe Grimes continue um, building on this game. Next call up. I see you have somebody on the phone. Craig, let us know what you want to talk about. And I'll let you know my laptop might die soon. So you might have to get off what you want to say pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Craig. I just wanted to, yeah, it's been a minute since I've been um, I actually called, and I listen to it every time you're on, but I stay in the background just listening to, you know, um, what everybody has to say. Understand. I think this time, you know, I have to speak up and say something what was on my mind. And here's my thing. In my observation, I obviously can see that there is something going on. I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's just, a spirit thing or a temperament or whatever the case may be. But as you can see, not most of the guys, majority of the guys, um, especially the starters, are playing on edge. Like they're, they're timid or they're scared they're going to lose their job. Like they, they don't have any kind of like concrete, strong, definite, you know, positive um, atmosphere. Or, or mood or something going on. Like there's a, like somebody is threatening them, you know, if you make so many points, we're going to kill your, your family members. You know, they're playing on, you know, like not smooth. Like they had the dinner and it was supposed to be like on one court on one page, but they seem to never, you know, the one time, you know, the two games that they had after the dinner, remarkable, marvelous. They looked like stars out there. I was so proud to be a Knicks fan. But then, to, um, um, when we got to um, the Warriors, we, we all of that just went out the window. They just looked. They, they, yeah, they were tired they against the Warriors. So I didn't even. I'm not even talking about the. They look gas against the Warriors. So I don't really highly criticize that game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not so much that defense. Um, also, it's just the fact that they're not playing smooth. You know, I mean, even if tonight was was to solidify my my uh, the thoughts on that that. Don't play with confidence. How many times is you guys are out there throwing stuff at the be biting in there, screaming, losing your voice because RJ cannot make a layup? Come on, man. It's so, it's so, I'm like, this is not true. This is not happening. Something is going on. I started to think, no, maybe it's the money, you know, because everybody that seems to get a new contract from the first string can play like bums when they get the contract. Only the second string, you get a new contract, you're still playing up to par and still trying to build and, 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 and work on your game. But everybody else, when they got the new signing, when they signed the new contract, fell off, completely fell off. It's like they just jumped off the cliff. Geronimo and just died and, and became non-contributing to the team itself. I don't know if um, because um, Pitts is on the hot seat, 
so he's making everybody else feel like they're on the hot seat. But they just don't have a, 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 a fruition about them. It just don't flow, you know, real smooth. If you see Obi Smith, two slams up, come on. Yeah. Come on, something right. That ain't no fluke type of thing. Maybe it is, but, you know, they need to go back and do some more soul searching uh, and uh, maybe shake up the, uh, the starting lineup so that those guys look like, you know, if you, if you guys can't put it together as a team, and play as one, maybe we'll have to switch you up. Maybe it might shake them up and say, you know what, we really do have to do something um, to uh, to let us look better or we're going to end up losing our job. But I I, I don't know, man. I'm just a little disturbed behind it. Like, they don't look smooth. There's no no fair on our team. Everybody is playing mediocre to less than mediocre. And that's a shame to watch, you know, especially when you have so much emotional investment in this team and they just keep letting us down when they play, you know, decent teams. We got to be more than just less than mediocre. We got to be above average. But yeah. That's my time, fellas. I appreciate that. Right. Have a blessed evening. All right, man. Shout out to Craig, man. Bruh. I mean, I mean to hit that. I'm sorry, Craig. I mean to give you that. I'm sorry, Craig. <laughs> oh, man. And I see uh, Sherwin said that uh, Randall played good defense. Randall played really good defense, Sherwin, for two quarters. Two and a half quarters, maybe. And then Randall fell apart. And not even just Randall, the the team. (laughs) But, I I mean, listen, a shakeup, you already heard Ryan G say it. Maybe a shakeup would be nice. I don't think it's going to happen. I do feel like RJ might be that type of personality if you was to bench him for a long period of time. Like, he would really take that personally and, like, not sleep and be in the gym and come out and actually play better. I can actually see that working out for RJ. But, yeah, man. And it's funny because we lost to a good team. (laughs) We lost to a really good team. But we lost to two good teams who played bad. I think that's what it was. It's not, it's not like, oh, man, this team was clicking on all cylinders and it was hitting on. No, both teams, like, barely really played that good. They played good for, like, a five-minute stretch. <laughs> and yeah, it beat us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I got nothing else to say, man. I know I see you picked Timmy once. Want me to continue this conversation until 8 o'clock. But there is nothing really else to say about this game. Bride, Miles McBride played good. He hit some threes. <laughs> That's about it. Coach was horrible. Obi disappeared. Emmanuel quickly was bad. Derrick Rose is hurt. Primes was good. Randall. Two Taylor, two Randalls. Maybe we should trade him before the. I, I, I'm sounding like Lee now. Maybe we should trade Randall now before get, his value drops back too low. <laughs> oh man and Mitch needs more time Fritz yes, you want to call in go ahead Fritz hey okay. what's going on um, yeah I just was like just playing uh, I, I was just like Julius is ball hogging, not not push the ball up 
for it. I, I thought they should have sat him like early. <laughs> I just like I, I don't know if he's not if he's not gonna if he's not gonna I don't know. I I thought I thought we were over. <laughs> like I thought he, like I know they said Julius turned corner. His 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 performance day bad. <laughs> And it wasn't bad because he wasn't hitting. It was just like he was just stopping the full walker. Like pass the ball ahead. Let let uh let Brunson was coming up um coming up the right way ahead of the team. He runs the ball. And like he was he was slowing it down. Stuff like he just interrupted the offense. And it's just like um I don't know. I just didn't see any like form of discipline for it. I didn't see him sit, sit him down. I didn't see him change his game. He just continued that the whole game. I guess. I mean, Randall RJ had 11 shots on the night. Randall does ISO a little bit too much. I can't even tell you. What do you think of Randall's game today, Ryan? I can't even tell you yes or no. I mean... Hold on. I, I don't know. I didn't see... I didn't see a lot of Randall holding on to the ball today. Like, you know, Randall did ISO at times. And, like, my issue with Randall, like, I didn't have an issue with Randall on offense. Mine's really. defense. Mine's yeah, defense. Yeah, me, that's where, really, that's where, that's where my, most of my complaints come from. It's from the defensive end. And it's not even just, I'm not, and I'm not even singling out Randall. I'm singling out the team. Like, I feel like the team collapsed on defense as a whole. Especially in that, especially late in that third quarter, going into the fourth. So I, I don't know. I didn't see anything from Randall that really told me like he was like really like ball hogging. Or yeah. I saw Brunson getting the ball and scoring. But to be honest with you, I wanted him to because he was getting it done, and everybody yeah. else was struggling. So. I wasn't even mad that he took all them shots. He was shooting fifty-two percent from the field. Everybody else is struggling to hit the sprawl side of the barn. And no one could make a play but Jalen and and Grimes. Everybody else sucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sorry, not sorry. If everybody else sucks and I got it going, damn right I'm shooting 21, point, 21 shots. <laughs> yeah, man. That's all I got to say. If everybody else in your team sucks and you're hitting, keep shooting. Keep shooting until they double you. And then pass up pass the ball to get everybody else open, wide open looks and open cuts. And that's the way it's supposed to be. So it is what it is. Cause I seen I seen people calling Brunson ball hog in general. Not I don't know about today, but it's like when you, when you have games like today and no one else has it going. Shoot the damn ball. <laughs> and Sorry. Fritz, yeah, my laptop disconnected, which means it died, which means the phone calls are dead, which means my light is dead. <laughs> Everything just dead. Everything like is dead. The defense like is dead. Everything. <laughs> Derrick Rose toes is dead. Everything is dead. All right. <laughs> RIP to Derrick Rose toe. I'm good, Ryan. I'm good. 
Yeah, I'm good. So I ain't got nothing else to talk about. I'm, I'm ready to move on from this game. I look forward to OKC tomorrow night, where I hope to see a better effort from the Knicks. Knicks do need to get them back for that 145 piece OKC hung on them oh, in the yeah. garden. So I'm hoping that the Knicks can. I'm hoping that the Knicks play with some heart in OKC and get that win. I'm hoping that's the case. Right. Are we pl- we playing? Oh, what time is this OKC game? It's, it's probably like nine. <laughs> oh lord. Oh lord. Probably. lord. Let's see. OKC Thunder. Okay. Eight, Ryan. That's oh, eight. Oh, oh, that's reasonable. That's, that's reasonable. That's, that's reasonable. reasonable. Eight o'clock OKC game. That's a little bit reasonable. So we're not going to start as late as we've been starting. Facts. <laughs> All right, cool. So tomorrow we will be talking Knicks. Um, I don't know if Roy will be here. We'll see what happens. It, it is a Monday game. He's usually here for Monday games, but it's a little bit later. So, you know, Roy got to go. With, he has his bedtime. You know, it's not like Ryan G who goes to, goes to sleep at 2 in the morning and then goes to work at 6 a.m. <laughs> and not like me either who goes to bed at 2 in the morning and have to go to work at, at, at 9 a.m. and wake up at 7. But listen, we'll see. We'll see what it is. Um, but that is our show. If you like this show, hit the like button, subscribe button, and hopefully we actually come up with a win tomorrow versus AKC. And yeah, just, just follow us. Watch us tomorrow, tomorrow night after that OKC game. All right. All right. Ryan G. Let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G-I-C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. That's right. You can also find us at, let's see, let's see. Uh, get the snapbacks at nicktimeshow.com. Just hit that catalog button once you go to Nick Time Show. Follow us on the KOT Show at um the KT show the nigga time show on Instagram nigga time show on Facebook as well also listen to us on SoundCloud iTunes Google Play Stitcher everywhere you listen to to podcasts you can listen to the KOT show all right all right cool thank you Ryan for joining me you look mad low on this I don't know why you do look mad low that's fine that's fine that's fine all right but that is our show Ryan G and you guys, you already know what it is, as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That is our show. Hopefully tomorrow I'll have a light and, and a plug for my laptop. All right? <laughs> but that is our show. We out of here. Peace. Dreams. In, 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 in